Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Best of Five. My ass is back in the seat. John, you're a really funny guy making funny faces on the teleprompter. You can't tell. And he probably won't. <laughs> you're such a nut. Okay, you're totally throwing me off. Tonight on the show, I'm excited to be back. We're going to be talking about all kinds of cool shit. Texas Showdown, Summit of Time, Street Fighter Five news, Capcom news. Damn it, John. Head Stomper and some other cool stuff. I'm totally distracted now. I'm a friend. This is Mike. Joined as always by John Velociraptor Guerrero. John, why don't you show the audience what you were doing uh, earlier when they when you were off camera? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the now unlocked DLC used uh, what are the, the the time crystals to unlock him? Combo Breaker Steve, also known as Ace King Offsuit. What is going on, gentlemen? Hey, dude, how y'all doing? Eh, can't complain. How was everybody's uh, last week show and then subsequent weekend? It was much nicer. I don't know what the difference was, but I just everything seemed to flow a lot better. Yeah, the yeah three of us so just like so were in perfect synchronization. Oh, really? Some people were calling us the Bermuda Triangle. Mm, yeah. It was really crazy. Yeah. That's hurtful. Steve, pull me out of this I, pit of despair. I have... I, you're asking me to pull anybody out of despair? <laughs> I live in despair, baby. <laughs> uh, but who doesn't is Space Dive. Thank you for uh, the 10th subscription in a row. We really appreciate it. Let me Thank pull you. up. Uh... Also, yes, I have allergies, and um, you can claim I'm crying about something in the chat. Yeah, crying, allergies. Yeah. Red eyes over here. <laughs> I don't know. On. Yeah, someone come up with the funniest reason that I'm crying. Settle the head for dry, dry. red eyes. Settle the hero. Are y'all watching Detective Pikachu? That's a good question. Yeah, I, I mean, you could have put that in the BOV mailbag, but since you put in a sober answer now outside of that uh, new segment that you guys introduced last week when I was gone, Detective Pikachu, I have a question. Do I need to uh, have any Pikachu knowledge other than, <laughs> I mean, sorry, uh, Pokemon knowledge outside of Pikachu to enjoy this movie because I did not ever play Pokemon games. Well, yeah, they actually revealed that in the newest game, Sun Moon, that Ryan Reynolds is the the inherent voice of almost all of the characters. Oh, is that so right? you're going to see that coming up. Um, are you guys watching Detective Pikachu, John? I mean, as the first entry in the, uh, the Smash cinematic universe, I feel obligated <laughs> to. <laughs> but probably not. Sounds pretty good. Yeah, probably is. Left my ass off. Is Detective Pikachu actually about who killed Pokemon's dad? Who is there a character named Pokemon? <laughs> All right. I don't know. Um, this is a fighting game show. This is a fighting game show. Pikachu also, is in a fighting game. Legit subscribe. That's why I was clapping. I think. Yeah, we we we, we mentioned gift. it. Pay attention, oh, okay. John. We're not doing gifts. Oh, okay. Yeah, we can do gifts. Are you getting my uh, feed, compadre? All right. Let's do the old dog, dog gif. <laughs> All right, um, let's get the show back on track with a recap. That sounds like a plan because we've got a whole lot to recap. Uh, let's kick it off on what happened Wednesday. There were two qualifiers for the Summit of Time. These were the last two spots in this uh, this coming weekend's uh, Mortal Kombat 11 Invitational. Uh, the... One was held at Next Level. The other was held at Wednesday Night Fights. I have some opinions on that. We'll probably get to in a second. Uh, but Sonic Fox ended up winning uh, the NLBC qualifier. Only problem is he's already going to Summit of Time. 
So it goes to the second place finisher, Samij. Uh, Dragon finished third. He is also already going to Summit of Time. So once we got to top three, uh, that spot was decided. I, I will say, I think for this, and I don't think it made any difference. I think Samij was clearly like, he beat Dragon, who was already qualified. He pretty much destroyed everyone who wasn't Dragon and Sonic Fox. It wouldn't have changed anything. But I'm not sure I like that Dragon and Sonic Fox were able to enter this, given that it wasn't a big money tournament. I, it's, it's totally different when it's like the last chance qualifiers for Street Fighter, and there's like 25K on the line unless you're in Brazil and Capcom doesn't love you or whatever. Um, but in this situation... And I don't think collusion happened here. There's so much room for it. And like, there's so much room for a player who has no stake in the game to affect so much of the outcome of who makes it. I, I just think that they should have foregone entering, but it didn't make a difference. So, yeah, my problem is, you know, this isn't like one of several qualifiers. This isn't just a last chance qualifier. This is an only chance qualifier. And fortunately we didn't have anyone who's, Two losses came to both Sonic Fox and um, and Dragon outside of Samiz, who lost to Sonic Fox twice. But I just feel like in a situation like this, it shouldn't be at... It, I just feel it shouldn't have been at a weekly anyway. You know, the, for some... Go ahead. I think, I think you're ahead. about to... I said, why not? And I think you're about to tell us why not. Oh, um, because for something like this, you know, you want to get as many good players out there as possible. And for you're eliminating a whole swath of players by putting it in New York or LA. Well, you got to put them somewhere, but doing it on a Wednesday night. Yeah. You know, asking people to take off two, possibly three days of work to, to have this opportunity instead of doing it at something like a Texas showdown. I know this, the calendar doesn't quite work for that, but something like Northwest Majors or somewhere else where it's already a weekend, you're already going to have a big tournament there. Having that be a, the last chance qualifier makes a hell of a lot more sense in my mind than doing it this way. Yeah, but like imagine you're the organizer of Summit of Power and you're like, man, where what are like some two high um, profile weeklies that we could send somebody to or, or you know, make qualifiers? Can't do better than that. The question is just whether it should have been on a weekend. Yet again, I think it's it's luckily a scenario where it didn't make a huge difference and the people who showed up were the best and they were the people who... It doesn't seem like anyone got precluded because of it, but uh, I see the concern. Um, so you're saying somewhere in the middle of the country there might be the best Mortal Kombat player. Or just on a Saturday or like a Sunday. You know? didn't like, I feel that. I give feel them that. a chance to get there. I, I mean, you got to have it somewhere. So the fact that it's New York and California once again isn't the end of the world but i, I, I guess again, I'm, I'm just looking just at it from a, i'm just looking from a different point, uh, point of view which is it's a prestige for the summit of time to have these events be qualifiers regardless of what day it's on yeah that's true i mean it actually probably means more for them than the other way around i i, I agree with that, that, that that's the only way i'm looking at it from separate from you guys but um i see where you're you, coming from you, you don't think it'd be a big deal for northwest majors if they said hey way. this is your chance to get into summit of time i suppose you're right yeah, it would have been a bigger deal. <laughs> Thanks, John. Appreciate your feedback on that. Um, all right, we're doing a recap. All right, uh, let's kick it to the other uh, Summit of Time qualifier. This was at Wednesday Night Fights, and not only did California get shut out, the U.S. got shut out. Happy Pow 
coming all the way over from France to get the win over Biontoxin. He is the last person in the Summit of Time field. So if we take a look at the list of qualified players, you see that Happy Pow and Samij have added their names to a list that includes Foxy Grandpa, Scar, Sonic Fox, Tweety, Dragon, and so many others. Uh, you'll have a chance to check them out this weekend playing Mortal Kombat, uh, playing Mafia, because apparently that's a thing. Also hey, playing can... uh, tech, uh, Rock, Paper, Scissors. Sick. I really want to see uh, Katana Prime play Rock, Paper, Scissors. But the other thing I wanted to ask <laughs> was Tweety they had all this drama going on around him when this first was announced like two months ago. And then he was like kicked out of it or not kicked out of it, but like he, he became a bad guy and, and it, it was understood for as far as I could tell, he was not going to be in this thing. And now I'm seeing his name. And uh, can you explain how he ended up actually in it? Yeah, voted. Yeah. Um, just he, like flat out, just. His bad name voting thing as usual when he got voted in. Yeah, I think he was the second guy voted in. Him, Katana Prime, Waz, and then I can't remember who the last one was, but four people were voted in. Yeah, and it was a whole issue because there was he, – he produced screenshots of this uh, Discord that involves Sonic Fox and his friends trying to uh, strategically spirit bomb for other players to get them in. And, and basically, like, the, all of the worst things that you talk about, about uh, the voting format for something like this, came out. It was just ugly all around. About um, we might need the rent a cop from E League for this one uh, when Sonic or when uh, Katana Prime and Tweety play. Zalbang. One thing to add that I just remembered though is, thank you, Zalbang. I think the summit of power qualifiers for Dragon Ball Fighters were like Combo Breaker and like some other huge tournament. So yeah, it is kind of an interesting change because I remember the Combo Break it was like Fenrich versus like Doza in like a tied for seventh tiebreaker hype match. It was just a much yeah. different format for choosing the uh, the last player than this one. So I've been trying to Not watch streams from players that I like uh, to see what they're doing in Mortal Kombat 11, and I clicked on Chris G. Somebody just mentioned Chris G here. Click on it, and he's, like, explaining, defending the use of the word, the F word, and not fuck. And I'm like, why are we still talking about this? <laughs> and I clicked away. That's just an aside. I wanted to share that I was definitely really, decide <laughs> that I disprove of uh, <laughs> of that topic of conversation. Anyway, um, some of the time is going to be really cool, guys. I'm actually really excited about it. It's a huge lineup. It's a great uh, cast of characters here. Obviously, Sonic Fox is the favorite, um, but after Sonic Fox, who do you think is a contender here? I'm a big fan of Foxy Grandpa. A lot of these guys. Obviously, there's like some of the the. I mean, some of the best players. I heard Scar had a set with Sonic Fox recently where he was uh, Scar going and toe -to -toe. Sonic were going pretty back and forth the other night. I mean, um, if you look at MKX, the ending, like, Scar, Sonic Fox, and Dragon would probably be the top, the top three guys to watch. But, I mean, of those people, Tweety just got second at Evo. Um, you know, Honeybee got second at Evo the year before that. Tekken Master got second at Evo the year before that. Is, um, is the game Hayate different is like enough? top eight every time. DJT's won an Evo. I mean, like there's a lot of top talent there. Is Sonic's the, gonna win? You know, you could. You, I sure. would bet every dollar I have on it. But there's a lot of talent there. 
Is Mortal Kombat 11 different enough from X or in the Injustice games yeah, that, it's super it, that it doesn't exactly, you know, transfer over one-to-one? It doesn't transfer yep. one-to-one. Sonic has always been, like, completely dominant at this point of the game. And I think the second best player there and the third best player there, Dragon and Scar, have always taken a little longer. Usually Dragon picks some shitty character and then switches to top tier after he loses the first tournament to Sonic Fox. Mm-hmm. So it's going to depend for me whether he's done that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's gonna be good. I- I'm, I'm pretty confident it'll be good. Okay. We can talk about it a little so, bit more if it, if it comes up again. Uh, also, thank you to J-Spec uh, for oh. subscribing. Thank you, J-Spec. You doing the crab? The crab clap? I'm, yeah. I I thought that was retired. Nah, mm-hmm. bringing it back. Okay. We're, we're going throwback here. People are comparing uh, this to fighters, but I don't think it's even close right now. Uh, what do you mean? Fighters? I just like, Dragon Ball I, Fighters? It was, fighters was a different situation where like there was a lot more players, I thought, on a semi-close playing field. But then again, mm-hmm. Hook was kind of out of nowhere, so who knows? We'll see. Okay. I'd still bet. I feel like we should bet. I feel like it's Sonic Fox versus Rest for first take, place. I will take the field. Okay. I will gladly take the field. Yeah, I know. It's tempting. That's a fair bet, in my opinion. Well, what would we bet? Chundles? Let's let the chat come up with ideas for what we can bet. We'll move on and we'll maybe come back to it. How about we'll pizza. bet a pie of pizza? You mean a pizza okay. pie? Yes. That's lame. Um, Loser what? has to eat a Marvel bar. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, but not it on making up because the one my with the, kitchen I, smells you know, bad. I think I liked the weird beef jerky one somehow more than the other one no. that had the coffee grounds all over the top. That one was definitely better. It was sweet. They were both real bad. <laughs> I could not stomach that white chocolate marshmallow one. It was delicious. It was, it was instant nope. Um, the last time we tried to bet, although this is between us, uh, last time we tried to offer a pizza pie to somebody, it ended up being like some dude in Brazil, I think, and it was a pain in the ass to get him one. And then he yeah, put but then he got one. He sent us a video. Yeah, but then he put mustard on it, so hey. was it worth it? Hey. That was the only time someone it. followed through on actually giving us a video of their gift. So that was my favorite <laughs> That was my favorite giveaway we ever did. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, storming up pretty good outside. Yeah, and don't knock that? on the mustard on pizza until you try it. All right, I'll try it. I do love mustard, but not on pizza, bro. Have you ever tried it? No, I haven't. Okay, so how do you I know said you don't I won't knock it, it again. Okay? I'm how, taking it back, Elon. How do you know you don't love it if you never tried it? That's a good point. Choose your words better. You know what I had when I was over and I was in Connecticut last week, right on a trip. I went to a brewery in Boston, and they had a. Are you ready? Taco hot dog. And yeah. I ate it. No, no. Let me tell you what was in it. <laughs> Tortilla, right? Boston baked beans, really good hot dog, salsa, mustard. And it was delicious, dude. I mean, the ba- the only bacon. weird part there is the baked beans. Today. No, it worked. It worked. I thought uh, the same thing. I thought thing. a tortilla. I mean, that's not that. <laughs> it's not like yeah, I mean, beans. a lot of people have had a hot dog and a tortilla for sure. What was that, John? That's all old news here in Arizona, man. We have that like every day. Taco hot dogs? Hot dogs that, that are like infused with some Mexican dish. It makes everything it's all better. About, it's all about sushi Ritos here. <laughs> what the? What? I did have a sushi burrito last week. It's Is that amazing. a burrito that's sushi? Yeah, it's amazing. No, no, no. Let's keep talking about this, Mike. <laughs> no, all right, let's move on. What else all we right. got? There is allegedly a recap that we're supposed to do. Man, it is uh, pouring Street- outside, guys, just so you know. All right, Street Fighter League, uh, third week of that took place on Wednesday. Or, excuse me, Thursday. And Punk's team once again 
getting the win. Uh, Punk did the heavy work himself this time, got all three wins, uh, as did Samurai, who pulled off the reverse OCV uh, for for Team Storm to finally get them on the board. Uh, and and Team still get, in last. That sucks. They're, well, they're, they're, it's a three-way tie or a four-way tie for third. Yeah. So it's still anyone's game. Uh, Inferno in very strong position right now, but still seven weeks to go. Hey, um, <laughs> I unfortunately missed this, and I, I really didn't mean to. I wanted to watch it because I've been enjoying it, and Toy is is great on camera, right? So it's entertaining. But um, is this meant to be, because I missed all the Rage one too, Steve, is this meant to be like the American counterpart to that? Uh, yeah, it's a very similar format, save for the bands. Um, well, there's a little bit of difference in, in terms of with the Japanese uh, competition, it was three distinct tiers of players, mm-hmm. whereas this one, pretty much everyone is considered on the same level, so they all compete against each other. But, you know, the team format, like a, we, we've seen that here, we've seen that in Japan, uh, we've seen that in Australia and Europe with uh, Gfinity. So it feels like it's a format that, is gaining a bit of momentum right now, the team format. I was laughing when they were like, Idom, how's your birdie coming along? And I'm like, it's been, they filmed this all in like two days. <laughs> I don't know, it's funny to me. But. Oh, I actually didn't realize that it wasn't, um, I guess it makes sense that they would just record I mean, it I don't know, I have no idea, I'm just assuming. Brian F. Right, is in Brian the chat. Brian, can you uh, confirm or deny <laughs> that this was filmed all at once or you guys keep going I have back no to the idea. studio? But I have an assumption. Okay. Um, the reason I ask you that is because later we'll come back to the fact there's there's some news out of Capcom about some of their success in 2019. Um, and we're going to talk about it. But we'll come back to that after the uh, recap. All right. Back to the recap, though. Um, two big events this weekend, uh, both part of big pro tours, uh, talking K- KVO uh, across TSB and uh, head stomper let's start things off with K- kbo uh this was the second stop on the dead or alive six world championship Keisuke gets the win and he almost barcelona did he almost barcelona did. from uh, from wrestling references to soccer references from european leagues steve we're gamers dude that's what we do. But uh, he won. He, he entered from Winterside. He went up 2-0 in or sorry. He entered from Winterside and he got washed in the first set 3-0 uh, against Linerback. Dropped the first two games of the second set, but fought all the way back to get the win. So KSK, congratulations to him. Uh, it was also part of the Arc Revo world tour and this was all about repeat winners fenrich uh getting the win over maki to pick up his third uh arc revo win in central fiction this season uh maki however gets the automatic qualifying spot because fenrich had already qualified uh moving over to blaze blue koji kog uh gets his second win after his victory at southeast asia majors uh he doesn't get the automatic qualifying spot, obviously. That goes to my favorite name of the weekend, Pizza Mayo. Uh, (laughs) Probably better than Pizza Mustard. Well, that's debatable. 
And then uh, in Guilty Gear Xrd, Momito picks up win number three. Uh, he won Arc Revo Japan. He won Toshinsai. He might he, he might be the unstoppable player in Japan right now. But Rozu, who finished second, he is the one that heads over to the Arc Revo World Tour Finals. Uh, taking it across to uh, to Sweden for Headstopper 2019, which was also part of the Arc Revo World Tour. A great weekend for Spain in this one, unexpectedly, because no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. Four Spaniards in top eight, but it is the stars and stripes uh, flying at the top of the podium. SKD uh, continuing his his uh, European tour gets the win. He is headed to Arc Revo World Tour Finals. He was uh, one of the top players in the standings who hadn't already who hadn't automatically qualified, but he puts no doubt in uh, anyone's mind right now. So he is going to Arc Revo America. He will be joined by Black Ace from Bahrain, who. Uh, who took it over beautiful dude in cross tag. So we're going to have Bahrain represented in the arc Revo world tour finals. Congratulations to him. And uh, beautiful dude came close in uh, central fiction came close in head stopper strong weekend for him. He's he's in a strong qualifying position. Uh, heading into those fi- uh, final few events. Uh, and then, at, uh, excuse me, an excerpt, Teresa picks up his second win of the season, uh, following up his Brussels Challenge victory. Uh, but he can't get that automatic qualifying spot, so it drops to second place finisher, Marlon Pye, the electrifying. He is going to Arc Revo World Tour Finals. Cool. Yeah. That's a whole um, lot of Arc Revo World Tour events and results yeah 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 and we're only down to three points events now uh texas showdown this weekend uh ceo and evo so the crush is on to get these points how many titles are in this uh tour three um, uh, it's g- just games? three games okay um i feel like they're doing what capcom initially wanted to do right there eventually the, originally was going to be like street fighter 5 and maybe well, cross tech and like cross tech and marvel and sf4 but marvel never officially was part of it was it like there wasn't like points associated it, wasn't. Cross- it, it was like they had it at the very first capcom cup which was before the capcom pro tour as we know it took shape but yeah the um that original 25th anniversary tournament was here in austin was the first stop you were there right uh, no, I actually wasn't. I can't remember why. That was a good time. There was um, decent reason. But, uh, okay. I, I was just, my, my point earlier when I was listening to these results, I'm like, man, Capcom Pro Tour definitely has the largest, like, mindshare in the FGC as far as, like, presence. Or are you guys as excited and following the Arc Revo World Tour as you would, say, the Capcom Pro Tour? And if not, <clears throat> um, which is your favorite tour? I know it hasn't really kicked off, but for me, it would be Mortal Kombat 11. I'm excited about it. I mean, I guess for me, I, I, I've always been, as far as competition goes, um, a Street Fighter kind of guy. And so, and, and with Street Fighter being as big as it is, or at least traditionally has been, uh, I think that's a lot of why, like Capcom's kind of one of the first to reach this level. And so I think that's what you were getting at 
having it be so uh, like high profile compared to a lot of these other events. And and I admittedly fall into that same, you know, general category of people that would like this or be more excited about the Pro Tour or the Capcom Pro Tour over a lot of these other ones. But I mean, it's only a matter of time, I feel like at this point, before that changes, before, you know, Smash Bros or Mortal Kombat or Tekken. Tekken's like super yeah. popular overnight. Um, and these games are making big changes in big ways very rapidly. So, yes, yeah, still Capcom, but for how much longer, especially at this rate, who knows? Hey, I wasn't sure at what point I should have bring this up, but you just you just uh, made the light bulb go off. Um, IGN had this tweet saying, Tekken's series lead says that a crossover with Street Fighter is harder to justify after Tekken 7's success. Meaning it's like, no, we don't need to rely on the, you know, shtick of doing a crossover title even though it's been long rumored, long awaited, and probably would have more of an impact and lasting power than, uh, or staying power than uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken did. I think a lot of people were excited about this. Then they put Akuma in the game, and that actually was maybe a detractor to the, to the possibility because it's like, no, you, you'll get Akuma and you'll be happy. Um, what do you guys think about no more, like it's almost official here, no more Tekken Cross Street Fighter? Well, it's not really uh, putting it to bed. It's basically saying it it was on hold and it's still on hold and it's going to be on hold a little longer. Uh, We actually have the full quote from the interview. Oh, dang. Uh, Okay, let's see it. Yeah. Uh, So Harada in the interview said, quote, Tekken 7 is very successful as a service game with its DLC. That makes it much harder to justify releasing another game while Tekken 7 is still doing so well. I was excited about Tekken Cross Street Fighter, and I have a passion for it, but my logical and business thinking has me wondering if I really should do it. And and really, it makes sense. There's no good reason for them to split the resources two different ways uh, with Tekken continuing to do well as it is right now. Um to ask people to support that while also buying it, buying the game and DLC for uh, a new Tekken game. So it's still going to be on the back burner. I do still expect to see it at some point, just not uh, in the immediate future. So with that, with that statement, the first thing that comes up in my mind or the first question that comes up is, um, is the opposition, if you will, to the success that Tekken 7 is seeing right now. And he specifically noted how the DLC practices are working and how they're making money off of that avenue of the game. Does that mean that we don't want to kind of infringe on that while we're still making money with DLC and Tekken 7? Or are they more, do you think, talking about, well, when it comes time to make the decision to either go after a Tekken 8 or maybe a Street Fighter or a Tekken Cross Street Fighter, it makes sense to just kind of keep everything in the family and, and only do Tekken 8 because we don't really need to, to piggyback with Capcom right now. And actually, we're in a place where we'd rather not. What do you so think is, it, is, it Tekken, is it Tekken versus Street Fighter or Tekken Cross Street Fighter is up against DLC for Tekken 7 or it's up against Tekken 8 in your reading of that? I, I, I think it's probably going to take the, the spot of Tekken Tag Tournament 3. Yeah, now we're talking you know, about As a sort of a side project not necessarily a main series game. I think it's going to be a long time before we see a Tekken 8. But, uh, you know, in like two, three years, maybe we see maybe we see a little uh, bit of a new crossover here. But- I read this as Tekken versus Street Fighter was a panic button if Tekken 7 didn't work out. Mm. 
and it worked out pretty damn well. Took a while. It's it's honestly one of the only times I ever remember this happening where a game was out and then like happened to kind of surge in popularity after release. But I think they're doing so much better. Like if they just revealed Ryu in a trailer by himself, I feel like it would be hyper than Tekken Cross Street Fighter being revealed. Like they're doing so well revealing one or two characters at a time for Tekken seven and doing it as a service, like he claimed Mm -hmm. and and updating it with DLC that I don't see any reason for them to even in any near foreseeable future at all release a new game. So do you think that if they did do that in a future DLC pack for Tekken seven, Ryu would be the guy or is there, is there a better street fighter? I don't even think it'd be Ryu at this point. I don't know. I mean, they have a lot of places to go. It'd have to be like Chun or something like that. I guess Honda and Ganryu. Um, no, It'd have to be T-Hawk because then he can actually get a gun. Yeah, he could strap a gun on him. Um, thank you for the T-Hawks Akuma the was the right pick, and I don't know who they could beat Akuma with, so I'm not sure. Um, Honda. I mean, Hawk. We already, we already established that. Or like what other, another grappled character. Like I think maybe even Zangief would be cool in that game uh, with his green hand and his other SPDs and stuff. Uh, maybe Birdie. Any of the grapplers I think would be badass in this game. Um, hell, what even Armika. Kage? No. Oh, yeah, now that I think about it. That's Nobody right wants answer. Kage in there. <clears throat> All right, cool. Um, what else we got, gents? Uh, we have a uh, CPT event that took place at Headstopper as well. All right, we're um, done with the uh, recap. Whoops. Yeah, because the recap is still going. Sherry. Too much stuff happened. Uh, Nemo gets the win. He's... It, it's it's been a running theme in the last few weeks of people who hadn't won in a while getting the win. Um, we had Bon Chan a couple weeks ago. We had uh, 801 Strider. And now we've got Neville who finally gets his first CPT win of the Street Fighter V era, taking it over Luffy. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. Well, and, to be fair, he won the Capcom Pro Tour or the Capcom Cup uh, qualifier, which is no easy feat. He won that Alienware tournament too, so he's won some big stuff, but... Yeah, it's not like he he hasn't won anything or hasn't done well. It's just in this uh, subset of events, he, he's gotten close a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. He's made, uh, this was his 14th top eight in over that stretch, but just hadn't won until uh, this past weekend. Who's also, shout out to eights? Salty Kid. Tokido? Probably Tokido or Infiltration. Uh, you know, I'd have to go through, maybe Justin. Because Justin's been like automatic for for most U.S. events, top eight. Luffy's been automatic for most uh, European top eight. So it's probably one of those four. Yeah. Uh, and to close things out for Head Stomper, it was also part of the Tekken World Tour. Um, and it was finally a breakthrough for Asim. This is a guy who had been so close last year. It performed very well. Had a couple of ev- events he couldn't go to to due to things out of his control, uh, but he finally got a win over uh, Kanan Trench to get his first ever TWT win. Uh, Kuiper uh, talking about returns. This was a guy who didn't compete on the tour at all in 2018. Uh, good to see him back in the mix. He he came. He he was a tiebreaker away from making Tekken World Tour Finals in 2017. So. It's good to see him back in the fold. Cool, man. And I am, and if, I am oh, super, I'm sorry, I'm super shocked to see Super Akuma tying for ninth after yeah. having such a ridiculously dominant 
like a couple weeks. Yeah, it's been, you know, uh, one of the stories of that tournament was like, I don't want to say the old guard, but the guys you always expect to be there, the Tishimon, uh, the Fergus, the Super Kuma, those guys didn't go, you know, two of those three didn't make top eight and Tishimon out before top four, which was almost unheard of for the first two years of the Tekken World Tour when it comes to European events. So, oh, and, and what world are we living in when Doug from Paris places the same as Tinky Boobies? <laughs> Those two are very strong players. I mean, they have great names, but they are very, very strong players, as is Devil Kazuya. The, the entire Italian scene is just ridiculous. Uh, but Crazy, man. Yeah, speaking of crazy, this weekend, is going to be crazy. Um, we've got plenty of options. A little bit of something for everybody. Obviously, you've got your weekly competitions. Uh, E-League Mortal Kombat in its second hey, week. Is that the one that's uh, online? And it's like, are they still doing that thing where they have to like get as many victories as possible, like that random-ass yep. format? Yeah. I don't understand. It, it's lots of Mortal Kombat. That's all you need to understand. So that's Wednesday. Street Fighter League continues on Thursday, and then this weekend, all the all the action takes place. Uh, Summit of Time, Friday through Sunday, if you want to get that hot Mortal Kombat 11 and or Mafia and or Rock, Paper, Scissors action, you know where to go. There's usually uh, some Jenga in there, too. There might be some Jenga. I, I, I didn't see it on the schedule, but I might have just missed it. Uh, Texas Showdown taking place this weekend. It is part of both uh, Capcom Pro Tour and the Arc Revo World Tour, one of the last chances to get points for for Arc Revo. Uh, also this weekend, another ranking event out in Asia, Saigon Cup, uh, takes place on Saturday and Sunday. And if you're a Tekken head, master event out in Korea, rocks and roll Korea. Uh, definitely a lot of action no matter what game you're into. Wow, Brian, are you going to fly from taping of Street Fighter League on Thursday all the way to Texas Showdown on Friday? Man, that's a the lot. next day, that's quite a lot of flying. It's strenuous. Um, why did you say when we were looking at that rundown, this is so stupid? Oh, I was. I thought it was the same weekend as Con. I was. I was wrong. Never mind. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I, I missed it. Something. Now, are you going to Texas? I'm really showdown? sad. No, this is the first Texas Showdown I've missed in like eight or nine years. Damn. Um, I have a final on. Monday priorities, man. Get there. Who cares? Finals. They come around once in a while, but Texas showdown is always there for you. <laughs> yeah. Like every year. Um, I too will be missing Texas showdown. I had a really good time last time. Uh, but, shout out to Texas showdown. but you know what sucks is that there's so much juice for mortal Kombat 11. Some at a time that there won't be any at Texas showdown 2019. I guess it's like, it's not a problem. There will be plenty. Of, for the honestly, consumer. the Texas scene for, for Mortal Kombat is quite good. Yeah, that's There's what I'm saying. Lot, yeah, so, I mean, Star Charger. I guess Scar will be at some I mean, of the time. A lot of the newer guys, like Deoxys and like... Uh, there's like a jillion good players in Texas for Mortal Kombat. So, you'll so, see you, so maybe they'll get an opportunity that they might not have otherwise. Is that what you're saying? To shine? Yeah, maybe. Hey, how about that? In that case, I'm back on board. Way to go. Some of the choo, time. Choo. <laughs> yep, on the train. Um, okay, so that's what to watch. What are each of you most excited about? Me, Summit of Time, and to a lesser degree, Texas Showdown. Uh, I'm, you know, Rocks and Roll Korea is going to be stacked as hell. Um, but I'm definitely going to check out some of that Texas Showdown action as well. 
You're gonna I don't know. Nothing really jumps out of me. But if we do a bet, and you know what, I'll do I'll do a pizza bet with Donka, like a like a twenty dollar or less pizza okay. that Sonic Fox doesn't win somewhat of time. Steve, okay. losers got a or winners winner gets to eat it on the show. All right, uh, Steve, you want to do the same bet? Yeah, I'll take the field. You taking Sonic Fox? Fuck it. I'm not taking Sonic Fox. Mike is. No, no, we're the Sonic Fox boys. Okay, so we're going to get two pizzas from them? Oh, (laughs) we might get two pizzas. We might get two pizzas. pizzas. Okay. Elon, you bring the mustard, right? Um, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Cool. So next topic here, we have Sam Show Shiki Reveal. Look, I have the trailer. Yeah, this was uh, revealed during uh, Game Goons uh, last Wednesday. So you got Shiki, a new character. Uh, she's got a teleport. She's got a tattoo on her back. Uh, she she's got a not unappealing look. Yeah, how good are these characters? She's like Psylocke out? and Taki and uh, maybe a little bit of that. Uh, was it Ayame or what was her name from uh, Tenchu Stealth Assassins? It's kind of like all of them mixed in. I'm like getting Ooh, a little Jerry. more excited for this game again after Ooh, getting really excited for it. So you're back on board, huh? I'm like it, it looks like shit, but I mean I'm, I'm excited for it anyway. Um, waifu material is she better than uh, what was the other one? The Rishi Maze? I like the uh, the pirate girl. Yeah, that mm-hmm. one. What was her name? Darley Dagger. Darley Darley Dagger. That's my girl. That Darley Dagger. Between them twos, that. I'm going with Shiki. Shiki Shiki over here. Hella questionable. Okay, um, I disagree. Moving on. Or anything to say about that? You're back on board. Character has two different color eyes and a tattoo on her back. Ninja. That's her right there. Okay. Wins Molina and MK11. Just, uh, uh, just, just find any random tweet of Ed Boons and and ask him. He loves that. Did y'all see the one? I don't know if you guys caught his. Uh, he tweeted about how on Saturday Night Live, uh, Adam Sandler did a tribute to uh, Chris Farley and that he choked up watching it. Can you imagine? And then like, somebody responded, we need classic characters. <laughs> in, can you imagine in like, getting in an, Uber, an Uber as Ed Boone and the guy turns oh, around and he's like, we're not going. <laughs> that should be, doesn't Summit normally do uh, um, skits and stuff? They should bring Ed Boone on and just mess with him? They should just do Ed Boone getting asked by like random people. Like He's in confession at church. He's Catholic <laughs> for the skit. And they're like, my son. When is Molina coming to <laughs> She's not. Thank God. I won't spoil it. I'm a priest. <laughs> um, uh, NRS responds to the crunch allegations. Being in the video game industry and a developer for a AAA studio is hell on earth. You heard it here. It's been happening all over the place between Anthem, between Rockstar, and now Mortal Kombat. I was disappointed here. I don't know why I thought we were better than that. But, of course, that's uh, dumb and naive and rose-colored glasses uh, view from me. This is the norm. And it's kind of hard, right? Because, like, we already all bought the game. If you wanted to make a stance and be like, well, I'm going to vote with my dollars. Um, well, that's that presents a conflict because I like Mortal Kombat. Um, and also I want them to make another Mortal Kombat in the future. And I don't want to punish a good game that came out, but... Yeah, nobody is on board with, uh, like, these hellish conditions and making people... And then there's people who's like, well, you know what, dude? You don't have to be in video game development. Uh, you can quit. You can do Like, no, that's a no, shitty thing to say. That works, yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> a, that, that's, a, that's a crummy uh, Learn view. the code. Um, but what do you all think? What, what was the response, Steve? Uh, the response 
uh, was given to Variety uh, for an interview, and they say, quote, at NetherRealm Studios, we greatly appreciate and respect all of our employees and prioritize creating a positive work experience. As an equal opportunity employer, we encourage diversity and consistently take steps to reduce crunch time for players. Uh My statement isn't loading up. Sorry about that. Here we go. Uh, We are actively looking into all allegations as we take these matters very seriously and are always looking, working to improve our company environment. There are confidential ways for employees to raise any concerns or issues. I don't like that last line. Yeah. It's a really garbagey response in general. And it's not just like a garbagey boilerplate response. It's a garbagey boilerplate response with a horrible end line. That like completely shits on the guy, whoever. Uh, it's public who the guy who did it is, right? I, I don't know. So. Well, it's it. There's several things going on. There were allegations of crunch. Uh, the Variety article because I know who the crunch into, guy is. I don't want to say his name if it's not public, but I think it is, right? It's yeah, yeah. Several. Well, there are several allegations on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one dived more into allegations of sexism. Uh, sort of like a quote-unquote boys club culture within NRS. Um, Things like men, women being told they aren't able to negotiate raises, whereas men were given raises, that sort of thing. Um, There are a bunch of allegations that are very, very disheartening as a fan of the genre. Um, But those are, like I said, in the in an article for variety. Uh, I'll link that in the chat. Yeah. Ugly response. Um, very upsetting to me. Um, so, okay. So at this point, and I, I haven't come to a, like I haven't delved into this enough to come to a conclusion of my own. So I'm kind of working this out with you guys, with everybody here in the chat as we kind of take this in and such. So if you, if you legitimately feel like these allegations are, um, well valid, and you think it is a legitimate bad look on NRS, uh, then do you just uninstall the game? And because like a huge part of this is, well, the DLC and such, like, is it at that point? Like, I don't understand what our move is supposed to be. If this is enough to mount that kind of, you know, angry mob with pitchforks out kind of campaign. And if it is, like, is anyone willing to stop playing? Because... If it if they're not, then I don't see what the discussion even is at this point. It's tough, it's like, man. Yeah, that's bad. And I like to say that it's bad on social media, but like, are you going to do anything about it? Do you really think it's bad, or are you just looking for something to flame about on social media? No, that's a very good that's point. That's a big yeah. activism question in general, though. And there's a question of like, it, it might be to some degree, like getting upset about it and giving bad public praise press about it is activism in its own way, right? And like, Hopefully, will cause these companies to change in some way. There was the riot walkout, I think, like yesterday. It was it was this week, yeah. right? Um, and hopefully, this stuff will start to go away. But at the same time, you're completely right. Um, this has apparently been going on since MK9. We heard the same thing about Red Dead Redemption <clears throat> One, and then it happened again in Red Dead Redemption Two. Maybe people do need to stop buying the games. I didn't, so I'm part of the problem in that sense. Yeah, um, yeah it's a good question. I mean, yeah, I'm part it, of the problem. So, so I guess where I stand right now is that there are a few allegations, and the more that come up, and the more that sticks as it's thrown at the wall, the the bigger a deal it becomes, and the more I can get behind it, right? Because especially it's 2019 on Twitter, you're going to see a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't actually stick to the wall, especially along these kinds of lines. But we've got a handful of different allegations. It's happened with other studios, other games, completely out of this little realm of NRS, right? 
and and it does seem to be emerging as a legitimate problem. I think that as we continue to get these reports, uh, that something will probably happen internally as far as uh, internally being like the network of all of these different companies that, that develop games and such, right? And and hopefully the change just happens there. And it feels like maybe that'll happen based on, well, I don't know, I guess I wouldn't even go that far at this point. But if not, are we prepared? Are Like, come on, FGC. Come on, people that watch this stream, right? Come on, us. Are we prepared to stop playing games and go do something else for a while? Like, I don't know. Is it weird? Is that even the best answer, though? Because, I mean, like, if I – a lot of these people who worked, you know, 100-hour weeks on these games – Yeah, then you're just outing them They job, want right? you to play the game. They want you they're, – they're proud of their work. They just wish they didn't have to, you know, basically go through this horrible process to do it. I'm sure they'd be huge, hugely disappointed in some ways, and I don't think I'm putting words in mouth when I say – the people who work these hard in these games want people to play And then them. nobody plays it. And then no one plays them. So I'm not sure boycotting is yeah. – it's really tough because it's like, what is the solution? I have no idea. I really and don't I, know. Let's just the, browbeat the really solution. hard. The solution, which I don't know how how executable it is, uh, is just for, for fans to be more accepting of delays yeah, and yeah, sure. but, pushback. But, you know, I thought about I that too, totally Steve, true. but it's like, okay, hey, I would have waited another year for this game if it meant that you didn't have to, like, you know, kill these guys – but I'm sure that there's been a calculation made on how long they can afford to employ this massive amount of talent, and uh, I'm sure they hit that limit, right? Um, so I don't think it's as easy as, well, let's just wait longer. Hey, take longer time. But then again, maybe there's a solution where you just, if you're not, if they're not working as many hours, you don't have to pay as much overtime. There's got to be something you can be doing, uh, done. Um, but we, we waited forever for Mortal Kombat. We waited forever for Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, yeah, forever? I guess we didn't really wait forever, is what we're saying, though. Yeah, yeah we, you, we didn't. You, you wait. waited four years, two of which had a new, uh, similar game come out in that meantime. Well, I guess what I was trying to say was that I would have been willing to wait longer. All right. Yeah, I think that 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 is the simple answer. Is like, <laughs> well, just spread spread it out longer and make it work, and and don't make like more hours on the individual that just can't take it anymore, your solution to the things. That shouldn't be on the table. It should be some other avenue. And, and the first immediate one that pops up is, yeah, just give them more time in general, a longer a longer schedule. Yeah, the industry isn't scaling. I mean, it's, it's going to be tough for the industry as a whole, which isn't scaling that well at this point. We're still paying $60 yep. for these games that are like, they're not getting they're getting way harder to develop, not easier. The technology advances are not making them easier to make. The amount of art you have to do to render like a, you know, 1440p gajillion pixel character just gets harder no matter how much better the technology When gets. was the last time a game, how long have games costed $60? Since like oh, PlayStation oh, 1 yes. days? Long time. Were the Super Nintendo they, games back in the day? Were, oh, oh yeah, more. Mortal Kombat was like $80, $90. No, for the Super Nintendo? For Genesis? Yeah. Get it. They well, used to be more in like the NES games, and then they were like 50 in like the GameCube era, and then they went up to 60, and they've been 60 to 65. I guess what I'm getting at is, is it time for games to be a little more expensive? Yeah, probably it is. But the problem is you're going to have a really tough time getting people to accept that. And usually people yeah, are saying the opposite. Yeah, They're saying, of course. oh, SF5 is like a $5 game. I should be paying you to play SF5. <laughs> like, 
uh, or yeah, right. But 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 then there's like more of a striation in the in the tiers of games. You have indie titles that are like ten bucks. Hey, I'll pay for that. Or games that have been out for long. You know, the point is there's got to be some solution here, guys. Can we come together? Can we just put our heads together and come up with a better solution for this? The, the the other side of the coin, I think, is at this point just as valid a solution to make the games more on the free side and just right. depend on microtransactions and DLC and all that stuff. Those are some bad words I'll put together. Those are a different type of game, though, because like if you think of all the free-to-play successful games that make a lot of money, they're not like graphics-intensive games or games we would mm-hmm. consider works of art usually, right? It's like mobile games like Fortnite, which is like you know last-gen graphics-wise and stuff like that. And they're not bad games, and I don't even care that much about graphics personally, but it's not a model everyone can do. And I think Mortal Kombat's the kind of game that relies on being at like the, because I mean like the Mortal Kombat faces in the story mode are better than anything else out right now, not just fighting games. Like they look incredible. Yeah. So, so what it might be is that the answer almost to me right now, it seems like the answer is going to be toned down. Like the, the next generation isn't going to be as much about the quality of making it look as real as possible. Right. It's going to be more about the quality of the gameplay and the fun and then how much fun, money they can make off of there. Because graphics are important, and it's it's always a thing when you push the envelope, especially when the new generation of consoles come out and such, but it doesn't seem very sustainable in the long term. So uh, my very, just very elementary prediction, though, right now is that it's going to soon not be about how good you can make it look, and it's just more about the quality of the yeah. experience, And because otherwise just the scaling, it doesn't match up, and it's it's going to be too hard to make these. Um, we have a lot more topics and not as much time to get through, so uh, crunch bad. Okay, um, this is the most important story of the week. Um, Event Hubs is asking potential Smash Riders to play a set first. What the hell? I thought it was fine. <laughs> now, uh, what's going on there? This isn't even. This isn't news. This is a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah. So uh, let's move on. Um, Sonic Fox. <laughs> just kidding. Um, it makes total sense, but you don't have to be—you uh, don't have to be able to dunk to write about basketball, right? No, you don't have to be able to dunk to be on a Ben Hub's team. You just have to be able to play Smash Bros. <laughs> see, see, I was making see, a comparison there to a uh, I know. No, separate I mean, but okay, similar so, medium. So I don't think this is a real issue. I think it's something that people were able to take and highlight on social media, and at first glance, maybe get some traction underneath. But even people that like have traditionally really gone in on event hubs were like, guys, this is stupid. This isn't the <laughs> hill to die on. This is a dumb thing. So I think that right there is enough to kind of qualify the whole thing and, and move on. Okay, but, but I'm not done talking about event hubs. Okay. I heard that somebody wrote an article that said that G won another event <laughs> and did not mention instead the very talented player behind that G won the event and that that's not fair, and that there's a lot of work that was put into that no, effort no that, that isn't being you know properly appreciated. John, do you have anything to add? Uh, uh, how many more topics do we have? <laughs> <laughs> this is it. This is, this is the one we're going to okay, spend the next uh, 40 minutes on. The, for those that are unaware, the person in question is 801 Striver. 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 <laughs> Gustavo. Well, there's Romero. another knock. Yeah. Um, and he has won the uh, the Capcom Pro Tour online event from two or three weeks ago with G. And then he also won Northwest Majors with G. And um, so to understand kind of the context of all this, I'll just 
two-second recap here as quick as possible. We, especially on the podcast, but also on Event Hubs proper, have been writing articles and talking about G as a character because he's kind of been the focal point. He's one of the newest characters. Japan said that he was total ass tier. The West wasn't so sure, so that immediately got the conversation started. I myself have felt like he's a little bit... I never go as far as to say that he's broken, but his design isn't the best in terms of risk versus reward. And um, and there's been quite a bit of a back and forth. But like if you go back and listen to the podcast episodes that we've done, and this particular article that is in question was a podcast article. Um, we've been talking about him for a long time. And the... At the beginning of the conversation, the question was, well, is G kind of breaking the game? Is he a character that's just too good or imbalanced or something like that? And if that ever was on the table as a question, it very quickly came off the table. Because I've been the one that's been saying I'm not super happy with G as a character. That said, my conclusion is I would not be upset if, if Capcom didn't alter him at all. I think he's just fine. I think there's some BS in his, in his design, especially in V-Trigger 1. But it's like I'm comfortable with Street Fighter V. It's not something that's – I don't think he's the best character in the game. I don't think he's breaking stuff. And most importantly for what we're talking about here, I don't think you can just pick G on the character select screen and go in and start winning tournaments or winning whatever. You can ruin some people's nights if you're playing online, which is an issue in and of itself, but it's not the same thing as you can just pick this character and easy win. So we've been talking about this for a while. The fact that G has won – two Pro Tour events, uh, like almost back-to-back, week-to-week, was significant. So I included that as part of what we talked about in the headline because we talked about it in the podcast. Um, now, Strider was the one that won this, uh, and so uh, he jumped onto social media and said, BS, G didn't win two tournaments, I won. Or G didn't mm-hmm. win another tournament, I won another tournament. Essentially getting at the idea that uh, we were taking away from his victory by saying it was like the character that carried him to victory. Which, if you listen to the podcast, we have nothing but good things to say about Gustavo and how he plays in Utah with not much of a local scene, how he's a mad scientist in the lab, how he's made it work in a place where so many others, or from from a, a point of view where so many others haven't been able to make it work. And we've brought him up multiple times because he's been one of the, the torchbearers with this character. Never had anything negative to say about his performance or his abilities at all. But he essentially took this headline, um, which that particular part in question wasn't even at the beginning of it. It was like somewhere stuffed in the middle. And the whole headline is just a list of topics that we get to and said uh, it, it truly it feels like he felt slighted um, and that we didn't acknowledge him enough. But again, that that was not the purpose of the of the discussion that we were having was not to highlight Gustavo. We did highlight Gustavo, but the whole concentration was indeed on the character G because he's been a very hot topic in the community for the reasons I just mentioned. And um, and ultimately, it was something that kind of sprouted up, and a handful of people started that fire on Twitter and kept it going for a little bit. But I think it's burned out as you know as of now, and, and it's not a big thing. Um, the biggest takeaway for me though is that. I feel sad because I feel like there's a rift between Gustavo and myself now. Um, and, and while we've never been like best friends, I definitely have seen him as a friend in the FGC. It's, it's a pleasure to see him and play casuals with him and such at majors. And now I feel like that relationship isn't there, uh, potentially, especially from his end. I would like it to still be. But um, that's so. So when I think of this whole thing, I'm not worried about the, the BS that pops up on Twitter, like wait 
two weeks or less and that's all gone. Like that's water off the duck's back. But the feeling that I've kind of lost relationship with someone that I respect in the FGC is that makes me sad. So that's kind of where I stand on the whole thing. If he had stopped playing such a broken character like G, maybe him and John would be friends again. Dude, that was your uh, super fast two-second recap. <laughs> well, I mean, as fast as I could. Why is Steve laughing so hard? Are you crying? He's crying. He's so sad about you and Gustavo. <laughs> what happened? Well, is everyone laughing? No. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you, Steve? Okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Steve, can you tell me what happened? Um, yeah, it's just so sad to hear that story were you guys making dick no 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 oh, that's what that's you were doing you just revealed yourself that's what you were doing during the open of the yeah, show uh, hey um, i kind of see why like it, it was him that won both tournaments but i think he reacted pretty strongly to what was obviously but you hit him back meant. man you can't write back at him on him. twitter that was not what was meant it seemed like an overreaction, but I get it why. It feels like he was insecure. It feels like, and I get it because oh, really? there have been people. No, I, I'll say it how I feel. Like there have been people. I think we posted a, a video from MDZ Jimmy talking about how G is just absolutely broken, and most people took that as an example of okay, that's a little bit too far. And that article actually inspired me to, or that video inspired me to write an article about here are the things that people complain about. Here are the things that they need to just lab and stop complaining about, and here's the stuff that might be more valid. Right. But anyways, um, it feels like Gustavo's really worried that people are going to take away from from him um, as the writer of that article and as the person that's been on the side of I'm not super happy about G's design, but I'll stomach it. I will say flat out that he's proven through G, through Laura, through Abel, through his entire FGC career that he is more than a worthwhile and, and strong and able and smart player. He deserves the credit that he has gotten. Um, I don't think he needed it out of this one article headline that, you know, that he, he called in the question. I don't think he's listened to the podcast. I, I could be wrong, but it didn't sound like that. And, um, and it just sounds like a sense of insecurity that he doesn't need because he's good. He knows he's good. He doesn't need one event hubs article headline to qualify that for him. And I think, I think part of this touches on the issue of, you know, the importance of headlines, the importance of, those leading sentences. Where are you going with um, this, Steve? You're not going to trash talk clickbait, are you? I don't need to go well, on my soapbox about how difficult it is to get clicks these days. That's what I'm saying, though. It's it's You have one sentence to basically tell the story of the article, get people who are fans of fighting games to, to check it out and say, oh, this is interesting, as well as get fans people who aren't fans of fighting games to check out the article and say, Oh, that's interesting. You know, by saying, you know, and I'm not saying that's, that was the intent. I'm not saying that's uh, what's going on, but it's a struggle that I've had to deal with personally, you know, back in the dot esports days, uh, especially. And it's almost impossible to find that right balance of is this you know does this create enough enticement without being clickbaity or sensationalizing is this... it right exactly or, or leading someone to think that they're getting something that they're not actually going to get once they give the click right once they jump into the actual information it's not even that it's like gustavo wins hey that's great g wins oh that's a character who i don't normally see so that automatically to me is the more interesting article, even though the intent isn't to take away from the person 
using the character. It's it's giving something. It's giving the reader something that they haven't seen very often. So mm-hmm. that creates that that creates that situation of oh okay this I got to check out this I got to read more about. This should be and like the new event hubs like ad block thing instead of is Akuma a good character? It's like is is did Gustavo actually win or was it G <laughs> like who won like. Um, all right, guys. I mean, so maybe we can build like a bot that just plays G and goes around the country and wins tournaments. Like, I've got no idea. Here, something really quick. Since we're since we're already into this, and I'll let it. We can be done with it after this. But I, I would like to ask you guys who, because because I, I whenever something like this happens, I, I never write something that I feel like is intentionally misleading. But I guarantee you, go back over my my portfolio, you'll find stuff that I just didn't handle perfectly. And and because I'm human, I'm sorry. But as far as this particular headline i don't know if, if you guys have already looked at it do you feel like it's clickbait or do you feel like gustavo well i'll just say that gustavo and his win was not the center focus of what we were talking about g was the center focus of what we were talking about even though we brought up gustavo so that belonged in you've written plenty of clickbait anyways, i don't I think this was one of them think it was clickbait. <laughs> i didn't think it was clickbait i thought this was fine i i, I thought this was fine i understand why he feels that way it's but it's this the decision i would have made Um, I do appreciate you talking about it, John. Um, and I hope that that clears the air. Well, I have to, I have to do it again tomorrow. My boss wants to talk about it on the podcast, so I'll be doing it (laughs) there too. We just stole your thunder. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, that's fine. There's plenty of other topics on the podcast and it's worth your listen. Um, man, this next topic Sonic Fox versus someone in the Scottish government. This one's old. Um, the point is, yeah. So, so, I don't even think we need Sony, to go into the details. I'll go super quick. Sonia's Two voiced second. by Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey made some comments about not wanting to fight a transgender competitor. Um, people, and I'm not putting any any views on this whatsoever. Some people think that's horrible and that it puts her in the line of being a trans-exclusionary radical, radical feminist, feminist, a.k.a. a TERF. Um, so Sonic made a bunch of comments about that while playing, like while doing Garrus chops to Sonia. And then he got in some arguments. It's apparently a big movement in Britain. And he got in some arguments with some people at the head of the movement in Britain. And then um, memes and videos of Sonic Fox were shared in British Parliament, which I think no matter where you are is pretty pretty fucking funny. Uh, <laughs> I think to me the takeaway, because we don't need to – I don't think that this is the show to talk about how you feel about uh, transgender people competing in anything and all that. Sorry, yeah, John. No, it's not. If, we're definitely if, not if talking about to, that. If you want to, maybe we'll do that in the after hours. You can save it for the Event House podcast. But what I do think is interesting is how Sonic Fox is growing – is Sphere's influence is well beyond fighting games at this point. Um, not only do we already know that from his inclusion of the in the furry community, but like this guy's voice and his megaphone is massive. He's huge. This guy transcends the fighting game community in a way that I don't think we've ever seen any other competitor, and that to me is interesting. And I'm wondering yeah. if you guys have an opinion on that. Yeah, group identity, gay, black, furry. He's got. All three of those groups, uh, as what you're talking about, where he, he has something of a voice because of the way he's risen up in the fighting game community and his status and such. So, yeah, I mean, this this is potentially like Sonic Fox is potentially like a, a, a I don't know what a platform, a catalyst, a, a means for these kind of Twitter, social media fights to break out. But like, especially with this one, it's like, OK. <laughs> I, I'm. I don't. Okay. Whatever. Like I think that <laughs> there wasn't an issue with 
I don't know. We're not talking about all that stuff. Uh, so I don't think there was an issue here. I think it's like what this all amounts to be is there was a few days on social media that people got to talk about stuff. Some, you know, outlets got to write about stuff and then it blows over and nothing changes. Well, the irony is that Sonic was called a sexist for doing this to, to Sonya in the game, right. which I think we can all agree is somewhat Stupid. ridiculous well, from the gamer point of view. Misinformed at least. Well, well, that includes context. Like we know that he is a fighting game player. We know that he's, you know, proficient in Mortal Kombat. So we know that what he says comes with this specific filter, this specific point of view. When you talk about the tweet that he put out that, you know, that blew up and got him briefly banned from Twitter. Um, Did it that, really? That, I didn't he realize that. He got suspended. He couldn't tweet. He, yeah, suspended for, like for a couple hours. I, I misspoke. Uh, but he couldn't, you know, that doesn't include the context. So all you have to go by is this person saying that he's going to do this and it's basically performing a fatality on Sonya Blade. So I don't see, I don't think it's a stretch to say that it, that interpretation is completely out of left field. Uh, what this whole situation does highlight is. You know, we have we've had a few people who are popular outside of the fighting game circle, but Sonic Fox is the only one really, you know, at least to this level where agree with his beliefs or not. He's willing to to let you know how he feels about uh, certain things and stand in front of those. I mean, he has been very, very vocal about his support of trans rights, um, his dislike of so-called TERFs, um, and he has not shied away of, from that before. He's not going to shy away from that now. Whether you like it or hate it, that's who he is. And he, you know, it's probably costing him some opportunities. It's probably giving him some probably opportunities. Giving, yeah, it's probably giving uh, him let, let me be clear on something really quick, just because I, I need to know more of this picture before I talk about it. But Rousey is... is is under fire here from Sonic Fox because she didn't want to fight people that were men that became women that would now fight her in the ring. That's that's her thing. I'm not. That's sure. not the phrasing I would have used, but yes. They were okay. Fine, whatever. I don't. Whatever. Uh, I mean, that's. I think that that's silly in the first place, and I and I think that Sonic Fox um, attacking her about that is silly. I think people attacking Sonic Fox about the tweet is silly. And I think that we need to stop getting hot takes off of Twitter about information or about stories or about situations. I mean, we just discussed about how, well, when Sonic presented the information, there was only these little bits and it didn't have context. It's like, well, stop getting your information off of Twitter posts and, and taking that as if it's law. Now, you know, do a little bit more research before you, you jump into these things and have a huge opinion on something. Now, what, like, what are you going to get off of Twitter? It's, it's made to, to just thrive off of negativity. I will well, say, I, if you watched the original clip that incited this whole episode here, um, the glee and somewhat maniacal nature of which, an aggressive nature of which he says, take that, you fucking turf, and then Sonic's laughs maniacally, wild, I, I, it is a little bit eyebrow-raising. You're like, damn, dog. It's, it's a little... Oh, I'm sure I'm sure he went in and, and, and phrased era. it as, as flame, as as you know, as, to get as much of a reaction as possible, I'm sure. But again, it's like, this is on Twitter. Like, why are we giving Twitter so much? Okay. We should. Um, is there any because, more hot takes on this? Not so, really. Because there's a lot more show to go. Because, you know, if you have people tweeting at you, 
you know, with pictures of people holding guns at you, you know, you might feel a certain kind of way. I, I, I think there's just a whole bunch of terribleness on, on just internet is terrible. I'm sorry. Internet is terrible. Good thing it's not terrible is Blue 561 just subscribe as a tier one. Thank you, Blue. Thank you, Blue. Appreciate you, Blue. You're my boy, Blue. All right, let's move on. Um, this is the actual most important topic, <laughs> and that is uh, Dead or Alive DLC reductions. First of all, <laughs> I had not seen these, man. D- d- don't Yeah, this one. This is the wildest outfit I've ever seen in a fighting game. This one on the far left, there's text covering her privates. But I wonder if the text wasn't there if you could see them. This is ridiculous. This is over the top. This is damn near softcore pornography. Who? When was it not? Is <laughs> this is what drew the line to you? How is this what drew the line to you? Go to the pirates. I can't look at this. How is that? I can't believe that's what got you. <laughs> it's but, just like really gratuitous, man. But this is part of uh, DOA's update. Uh, that came out last week. It includes pirate costumes. Uh, it also includes what is called uh, exposure minimization. <laughs> a lot of core so, values. Go, go so back to if, the other. If, the if, other a lot one. of core values. If you pull up that previous picture, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is wild, I man. They DLC to remove clothing. I thought that the image two and image four were the originals, and then the DLC was if you want more nudes. They're they, actually they, adding these. <laughs> Shitty, shitty. Wait, so you could just add like a giant black sensor bar to the boobs? To the boobs. <laughs> yes. It should just follow them around because they'd sell way more with that. Oh, it'll be an Evo now. Oh, <laughs> yep. did anyone tell Wizard yet? <laughs> Evo now. Uh, can we not talk about this anymore? <laughs> yeah, fine. You want to go back to call talking Wiz. about Okay, uh, no, I just I couldn't resist. But let's actually talk about, man, I'm telling you, there's a lot of topics left. They added core values to the game. Uh, the combo breaker numbers are really impressive. Uh, Mortal Kombat is at the top of the list, if I'm not mistaken. Capcom released some earnings reports uh, saying that it was like pretty much their best year ever. Yeah, and Monster it Hunter was World, uh, Monster Hunter World, like 12 million units sold. They did, however, uh, you know, at the bottom of that press release, there was a link to another press release. Capcom Street Fighter League powered by Rage culminates in a roaring success. Um, it did fantastic. Uh, but but the original one that you said isn't relevant because it only uh, talks about how uh, Monster Hunter was so successful does have like a doubling down on here we go moving E-sports. forward Capcom will strengthen no wait 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 for it here we go further in response to the worldwide excitement surrounding esports and the increased attention paid to them within the Japanese market Capcom is redoubling its commitment to make this sector a priority area and aims to grow the player base worldwide through running leagues that utilize Street Fighter. I hadn't thought about it, but John, you pointed out in the chat that it's, they say Street Fighter, not Street Fighter V. In general, they, to to me, that just reads as they know that that's, if they do what they have threatened to do for so long, which is do a free to play, uh, there's been allusions to that for a while or a desire to do that from the community. It will be with via the Street Fighter license. Is that is that how you guys read that? I, I feel like they're covering their bases for yeah. what they're doing in Street Fighter Five as well as what they're going to do yeah. with Street Fighter Six. Because they also I don't know if this is going to be a separate topic, uh, but Capcom also introduced announced that they are going to roll out in the U.S. an amateur Street Fighter league uh, that pits city against city. Um, Sort of along the lines of uh, Red Bull Conquest. Uh, So that's something to look out for. They also created a new department, basically, or new company, Capcom Media Ventures, uh, that controls all of 
Capcom's licensing, uh, including Street Fighter, as well as all of Capcom's esports eff- efforts. Mm-hmm. So now you have not just a section of a company, but a whole dedicated company to this. So they're going to make a big push uh, for new for new esports ventures. Not like I said, not just for Street Fighter Five, but Street Fighter Six or whatever Capcom fighting game comes next. Maybe Marvel Infinite. Who knows? But the big thing that I'm taking away from this is basically what you just pointed out, Steve. That um, it's not so much necessarily directly about well, what comes next for Street Fighter Five or a Street Fighter Six, but the fact that we are getting more avenues for more players, and it's not just the top, you know, 32 at excuse me, Capcom Cup, that are going to get this world stage recognition kind of a thing. Now we have, well, we already have the North American League, right? And that's been cool. P- kids like, or people like Just a Kid getting highlights like, like they have been, such as like new opportunities, another way to get this in the public eye. And can you imagine? Everyone's got their local scene more or less, right? And everyone knows who like the best players in their local scene are and such. It's like, take the top three from your scene and you get to pit it against somebody else's who has that same kind of a setup, right? And you've got your weird Dawson player that no one knows how to deal with in your own local scene. Like just thinking about that and the potential for like city versus city kind of battles. And it's not just SoCal versus New York because that's been the hottest, you know, the two hottest bets so far. Um, that if done right, and there's a lot of boxes that need to be checked between here and getting there as, as far as success goes. But if done right, like I'm hyped for that just at the mention. And so the fact that we have all of a sudden these new fishing hooks going out into the water, these new avenues emerging, is really exciting to me. And it's like, that's that's a real win. And I and I think we should be taking it as such. I, I do have to clarify something. Uh, Michael Martin is in our chat right now, or at least was a minute ago. Uh, well, tell him I sent him an email earlier and you should respond. Uh, the new company controls media licensing for Capcom, so not not all licensing specifically media like yeah and we've seen street fighter featured in movies everything from like wreck it ralph to uh, other things um oh sure and like you know toys and licensing and shit like that um question for you john is event hubs yes. down right now is it let me check why what what did someone say something uh i'm trying to get to it because i want to pull Ooh, up this list of acceptable trash talk talk uh, that xbox released so we can do a uh, fun little block grab but I guess we're not. Let's go to the mailbag. Yeah, it is, it is down right now. Best of five mailbag. Mailbag. We should learn the uh, Blues Clues mailbag, or the Mails Here song. I know oh, it. I know it. Oh, I'm yeah? It. Prove it. Uh, here's the mail. Mail it never goes. Oh, man, that was great. Thanks, guys. What's the first one? I can't even read that, man. (laughs) Hey, swiper, no swiping. Let's go. Uh, Is this a Bagon Targaryen, Joey B29? Yeah, let's have you be the reader of the mailbag, Elon. Hi, I'm reading, I guess. Uh, Good thing I know how to read. Do you guys have a favorite fighting game character that you use no matter what game they're in, regardless of tiers? Like a sentimental love for the character? Uh, No, not me. (laughs) I am a main... From way before it was cool to be terrible with Ken. So, what is he doing? <laughs> Here it is. Here it is. Here oh. it comes. Oh, Chun Li. Is that? Um, I'm not even gonna mention. Is that? Is that Goken? Is that Goken, bro? 
Yeah. Goken's cool, dude. And your Goken's the best. Except for that one time that you stayed over at my house and we did play the set, or I was T-Hawk and you were Goken. And on Best of Five. Oh, yeah, that happened too on Best of Five. That's cool. I've played Iron Man in every Marvel game as my on my main team. Mm-hmm. I don't even really love Iron Man as a character, but I feel this weird necessity to play him, and I like the way he's always been in the games. And I probably said this story, but I didn't know anything about comic books when I played Marvel 2. And I just liked that he was like a robot guy with all these. You thought he was a robot, tools. or did you? Yeah, I thought he was a robot. I thought he was a robot. And um, so yeah, I've always played him in Marvel One, and Marvel Two, and X Men, or not X Men, and all the games he's been in, in Marvel Three, even in Marvel Infinite. So that's probably mine. Cool. Uh, me, T Hawk, John, Goken, uh, Steve. You already said it. Elon, what about you, buddy? Laura, right? Uh, I don't think I have a sentimental attachment to any character, to be honest. I'm trying to think, cause like at first it was a bookie, cause I grew up playing uh, uh, Super Mini Fighters or whatever it's called. In- Puzzle Fighter? No, the uh, the other one that's like a uh, bunch of Chibi Street Fighter. I think it's called like Super Gem Mini Fighter, or it's called Pocket Fighter in Japan and everywhere else. And I always played. Yeah, it's Puzzle Fighter. Yeah, it's Puzzle Fighter here, bro. No, it's not the puzzle game. It's like the actual fighting game no, where no, it's no. all the tiny characters. No, no they fight in Puzzle Fighter. But yeah. anyway, so. Yeah, John's trying to explain no, to you. No, but Pocket Fighter is a different game. That's no, 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 no. It's the same game. Um, cool. So Pocket <laughs> Fighter. Yeah, yeah, that's my answer. Yeah. <clears throat> all right, cool. I have uh, a lot of favorite characters. <clears throat> what's the next one? Uh, okay. Uh, body Novel. Yep, that's right. Uh, who do you want to see as the pre or intro entertainment for next Capcom Cup? In parentheses or other big FGC I have tournament. I have the answer for this. You know what would be badass? Do you guys know Eric Jacobus? Most recently, yep. having done the mocap for uh, Collector, your favorite character. Um, that dude, if you haven't seen, he does like the 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 Tekken reenactments and all that. He's got a badass. Wouldn't it be cool if he came on and did like a cool little uh, show where he did a bunch of badass martial arts and uh, there was like cool music to it? That and the Jabberwockies. <laughs> They did a Street Fighter themed show. Yeah, and it has like Mortal Kombat elements in it too. Yo, but what about those Mortal Kombat guys that I don't remember right now that like break their own spines and stuff as they dance and they have all the electric? I haven't watched a single one of those Ed Boon retweeted uh, Mortal Kombat light show things. Are they cool? Yeah, they're ridiculous. Like, like they're super flexible and they like it's hard to watch. I don't think you could get through it with your fragile stomach. But they look like they break their own legs and stuff as they contort themselves around. But it's pretty cool. I have two people that I would like to see uh, perform at Capcom Cup. No and body. (laughs) No matter who you get, the overlap... Adele. No matter who you get, the overlap between fans who want to see, who are there at at Capcom Cup to see Street Fighter and fans of whoever, whichever artist you get... That Venn diagram is going to have a very small intersection. There's not going to be a whole lot of people who are happy. So you're going to have 90% of your audience just bored to tears. Like, I love Del the Funky Homo Sapien. But God, I I don't want to watch it at Capcom Cup. I'm sorry. Just, you know, we're there for games. Give us games. Well, even for the possibility of another DJ iPad moment. Yeah, I disagree. I feel like they've done a perfect job. I feel like they have a formula down to a pat. It's like you get some like guy to give a terrible performance, and then you get like a random <laughs> DJ on an iPad. So like, I mean, literally, just like find a random dude on the street to put on the iPad, preferably with like some sort of weird physical like thing going on, 
to to have the chat comment about not like a like just like something crazy something crazy going on like some like weird thing they're wearing and then um some washed up performer and i think it was chat wants ida to do karaoke they want they want dj you know what i want though i want you guys remember the voca people what if they had what if they had the dj from last year and dj ipad at the same time both dj like a, a dueling dj war like DJ remix and, and Dwayne Johnson, the three DJs. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Also, DJ Tanner. <laughs> um, okay. Isn't she going to jail now, though? No, that's uh, her aunt. Oh, that's right. That's right. My bad. And uh, a red rapper bad. can rap over it. Yeah, that sounds good. It'll be every every fighting game music meme we've ever had. That's pretty sick, dude. And they're all doing remixes to... Uh, Indestructible. Yeah. You got me. Beat me to it, brah. Shall we move on to the next one? We were there at the same time. Yeah, let's do it. Yes. Okay. Uh, From Jonathan Gray at Catalyst DH. uh, Who's the best looking member of Best of Five? And who would win in the resulting fight that this discussion brings? Um, I responded on Twitter saying he's got the most admirers. People will really pine over uh, Mike. They want a piece. Moving on. (laughs) Steve, I, I am... I am trashed here on this list. I I know that of the four, I, I'm the last guy getting picked, and I'm okay with that. No, nope, um, you're blowing up in the in the chat right now. Yeah, yeah, Steve's winning. That's ironic. That's ironic support. Like like Efren's got, got, got the bedroom eyes. Like, what are those? Like I I, I will be 100 serious here. Uh. When my girlfriend uh, watched the show, Efren was her favorite part. <laughs> Efren was her favorite part. All right. Well, that's – so Steve's Steve's girlfriend liked Efren. We like Steve. Yeah. So Steve. Yeah. Steve. Moving on. And y'all ain't even seen Elon except for that one time for the Marvel Bars. Can, can we Reason point out, Hulk. though, that it was my boss that posed that question? <laughs> yeah. He's just starting to stir the pot. Yeah, Yes. Stop, stop stirring shit up. Moving on. Boss. All right. The, Next one. The Sleepy Scrub at Sleepy underscore Scrub. Uh, the SF5 drought continues. Now that it's May and there's still no new character, how many more do you think we're gonna we're getting this year? Zero. Any. Zero. We're no not getting any more fucking way. We're not. We're gonna get someone this year. Th- why would we? Maybe after Capcom Cup. But you're not probably even right. No. I don't know why. You're you're right. It's zero. Zero. I don't. See, here's the thing. Like, Kage was the only character that came out after the end of Season 3. They also treat, uh, teased him during the intro. So there's really nothing else left uh, in my mind. I, I think we're going to get more uh, support in terms of, like, st- maybe stages, you know, costumes. But I don't think we're getting any more characters. Ponderslut says negative characters. They're going to take characters off the <laughs> roster. <laughs> There's a couple that that would be great. Honestly, if they took them out, I'd be like, yes, good job. Like get rid of G, you mean? <laughs> what if, Frustrated T-Hawk. I'm calling it now. What if we get a Terry Bogart in Street Fighter V? <laughs> He's in everything else. He's in everything else. Well. Terry Bogart and Shovel Knight have found their way into every <laughs> single game on the planet. <laughs> All right, next question. Uh, next question is from Papa Lotus, also known as Zero Star X. Uh, which game does everybody want to see close out Evo this year? Uh, Mortal Kombat 11. Smash Ultimate. Marvel. I Infinite. would. Like my personal preference would be 
Tekken just because I, I love watching that game and that game just continues to uh, put on great show after great show. But my serious prediction is that it's going to be ultimate and it's going to be televised. I think on it ESPN be, two, I, ESPN two, Disney XD, something. I, I okay. think that this is the first year Capcom does not close out the show. It's going to be ultimate. Did they have it televised on ESPN last year? Yeah, they, uh, they put some Smash on there. I, I know they've like, they put before, Smash on year before. TV. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I know they had one where Smash Four was on the Disney Channel slash ESPN, and then Street Fighter was on ESPN. Was Street Fighter on ESPN again last year or no? I can't remember. I like watching ESPN Street Fighter last. I'll be that guy. Why? I just enjoy it. I like being like at Evo late at night. I'm never even in the Sunday thing. I'm usually playing casual somewhere else and we have the finals on a yeah, screen, I never on somebody's phone somewhere. Finals. And I just enjoy that. It's fun. Like everyone like pauses like during the last round and like watches together in the room. I don't know. It's just a it's a memory I have every year. So it's more the tradition of it? Yeah, for me. That's just what I want to see. I think it'll be Smash too. Okay, moving on to the next question. This is the second last one from Jesse Easter or Oh Crap What Now? Or Crap Now What? Sorry. Uh, tell us about your experience with virtual fighter mechanics. I don't have any. I just know you got to tech throws a lot of different ways, and I, I, I can't even tech throw when it's just one way. So if you give me, like, six, I'm fucked. So, uh, I, no, not for me. I played virtual fighter, like, back in, back when I was younger, and that was before I actually played anything. Uh, so my three big, mechanic takeaways are fuck Doral, <laughs> fuck Doral, and uh, this one's a bit of a hot take, but fuck Doral. That was a good one, Steve. Uh, what was the question? I missed it. Have you ever played Virtual Fighter, John? No. Okay, moving on. Next question. Well, if you played uh, Yakuza Kiwami, it's on there for free. Akira was in uh, Dengeki Bunko Fighting Climax. Oh, that was fun. Actually, I've never played oh. that game. I'm not sure why I said that. Anyway, last question uh, from JSpec333. What's the most fun aspect of playing a fighting game for you guys? Learning a new game, cobbles, neutrals, etc. Competition, sense of accomplishment, seeing yourself getting better and better after some time with the game. Uh, I think that last one's pretty satisfying, sense of accomplishment. Uh, the game I've most put time in is Street Fighter Four, and the character I've most put time in with was T-Hawk. And getting better with T-Hawk and learning setups and watching other players and then uh, feeling yourself get better has definitely been the most satisfying experience. Just grabbing fools within 360s, you know what I'm saying? There's two distinct phases of the game that are the most fun for me. One is when you're first learning the game. I really like like discovering a character and figuring out all their stuff, especially in crazier games with longer combos. I've always enjoyed like labbing out the way they play. And then the second one is something I've only ever reached in like two games, I feel like. Maybe like Marvel 3 and like late Blaze Blue when you really do feel like you have everything down and it's become like a pure, like in your muscle memory is so ingrained in the game that it feels like you really are actually thinking instead of fighting with the game. Mm -hmm. And I only actually have ever felt like that at like two month intervals twice in my life. Marvel. Yeah. Like in Marvel. And it was, it's, that's really fun when you get to that point where like you are completely in tune with the game. So that's my favorite is getting there. And I've always wanted to like love a game enough to do that again. Cool. John. Uh, well, for me, it's like, I mean, it's a pretty, everyone's kind of experienced this, right? Where you're, 
you're like, oh man, I've invested so much of my life into fighting games. I like, you know, I went out to LA to maybe get a job in writing or acting or something like that, but I ended up spending all my time at Super Arcade. And hey, I made a pretty good name for myself, but now the game Street Fighter V, and I'm not as good as I used to be, and it's not clicking like it was. And like, oh no, I've invested this, and I and I have to be good at fighting games, and I have to be a competitor, but like, it's not working out. And then you like, you know, it keeps you up at night, and you 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 <laughs> wake up in cold sweats, and you're like freaking out, and like oh no, like, am I in the right path in life and stuff? And then you get online and you lose to like a G and it like makes you like, <laughs> even more worried and anxious and, and, and freaking out. And you're like, oh my gosh. And then your relationships like with your girlfriend and your family start suffering. <laughs> and, and then you go to a local though and you win and you're like, oh no, I'm good. Like that moment. <laughs> when you're, like, I've had that exact thing happen. That's my favorite. Sick dog. <laughs> oh, I love when you win that local at the end of that. It's so nice, like because it's like it just it reaffirms that okay, it's the last ten years haven't been a waste. <laughs> Steve, what you got, pal? Man, it just feels like when when you match up everything you've got against everything an opponent got has, and you either you either get the win or you fall short, and you see where you fall short. That's what does it for me. You know, I love the competition. I love pushing myself to see. If I if I've really improved, if I'm if I've been able to implement something better than I did, you know, a week ago, um, you know, that that's just that just. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just kind of torn up about John's story. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll amend my answer with one thing, which is that one thing that always gets to me. And it's kind of like a weird aspect, but I think everyone's experienced at some point in a more casual way, but like when you're playing with other people and at some point you challenge each other to some weird thing, like, Oh, like my re I could easily beat you in the Ryu mirror. You suck. Like you're when just carried by G like when the Ryu mirrors <laughs> come out or like when the like pizza money match at 3 AM comes out, that's like the real moment. That's when you know you're friends with someone is when you Ryu is when you Ryu mirror match them at the end of a 30 game set that you just lost. <laughs> All right. Sick. You got one, Alon? Yeah. Uh, so my favorite part of a fighting game is when you're playing somebody, especially online, uh, and you figure out how they think and then show that their way of thinking is wrong. And then they trash talk you? Yes. <laughs> That's great. Well, uh, I'll say big thanks to uh, Sejam for hosting yep. us. I don't know if we mentioned that, but yeah. No, shout-outs to Sejam uh, for hosting us. He didn't need to do that, and you brought a ton of viewers. You know, I often think, you know, like, man, we we love doing the show, and we try hard at it. Um it's a labor of love in many ways, and I was like, damn, I wish, I do wish that the show would grow. And uh, if the chat wants to opine on that, that'd be great, and send us uh, tweets on how we could do that. But certainly when somebody like Sejam hosts us, it's a huge shot in the arm, and we're really appreciative. Um, so thank you to that, for sure. Um, that brings us to the end of the show. Stick around for Ultra Chen. We'll be hosting them, and they're really lucky that we're doing that because... <laughs> We give them a lot of viewers, <laughs> uh, but tonight on Ultra Chen, they're gonna have, they're gonna talk about training results, Summit of Time, Texas Showdown, Capcom, and NRS news, a first of five for a job interview, <laughs> first of five for and, a and more. So definitely check them out. One last question to close out the uh, show, and I just want a quick yes or no answer. You guys actually the first of five, one of us to keep watching the show. <laughs> that yeah. that's part of it. I see. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think? Of the no, no no did you or did you not watch uh, Mike Ross coming out on the Gutex podcast? Just I didn't Mike love Ross it. Came out on the Gutex podcast. <laughs> I thought they talked about some weird. I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't tune in for very long, so I can't. Dang. I can't say much. But 
I, I thought they were going real deep into some some woke conspiracies, and I was like, eh, I don't know about this. <laughs> Steve? I spent too much time watching uh, Ranma at TSB, or at uh, KSB. John? I didn't watch enough to probably have much conversation. But if you have a specific question. I love question, those guys. Yeah, me too. It was fine. I mean, I didn't hate it. Um, no, I haven't caught it yet. I was going to see if you guys are going to convince me to watch it or not. I am glad to see Mike Ross doing anything um, in front of the camera. All right, guys. That has been Best of Five for John. What was that look you gave me, John? I don't even remember. Disregard. Uh, for May 7th, uh, we'll be here next week. And probably Mike and I will be eating two large $20 pizzas a piece. We'll see and, about that. And we'll, we'll see s- about that. Yeah, we will see about that. Mike, you forgot to say that we'll see about that. We'll see about Shout that. Shout out to King Kobun for the sub. King Kobun. And Luffy 136, I think. Mm-hmm. 165. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. I-